So if you really want to sort of push your, your view out and take a real sort of bird's eye view of what the hell's just happened here, is that Binance has basically destroyed their competition in order to acquire them for cents on the dollar. That's what it appears like, um, which is not great if anybody that had assets on the FTX exchange loses funds. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But if it works out that effectively no one loses funds, FTX gets destroyed and amalgamated into Binance. It is the ultimate chess move you, I've, you'll possibly ever see. Welcome to the Exponential Investor Podcast. Want to be a better, smarter, more clued up investor? Well, you've come to the right place. We cover the breakthrough investment ideas you don't hear about in the mainstream to keep you on top of the mega trends and opportunities reshaping our world. And welcome back to Exponential Investor Podcast for another week. I am your host, Shay Russell, and joined is that Joining me today is your other fabulous co-host, Sam Volkering. Sam, how are you, mate? Good morning. I'm uh, I'm all right. Thanks. Had the morning coffee. Dropped the boys off at, well, dropped one of the boys off at nursery. The other one's kicking about somewhere. It's all good. Good morning. Sunny. Cold, but sunny. Cold, but sunny. Do you know, it's interesting. I'm just noticing the change in attire between the both of us. It's uh, a <laughs> glorious 29 degrees in Melbourne. It's hot and sweaty inside my house because I refuse to put the fan on. Um, but... <laughs> What I want to talk to you about today is apparently something big has happened in Bitcoin land. Now, I'm going to apologize for everybody listening who thinks I'm jumping around a bit. I will let you know I currently have COVID and I am not at my optimal speed today. So, Sam, now I have been living in La La Land clearly for the past couple of days. I'm fresh from the back of a mining conference, so I've really only been focused on the mining sector. But there has been something enormous that is happening in the crypto markets. Uh, something to do with the FDF exchange. I did see a headline floating around about it. Can you tell me what is this? Uh, and most importantly, <laughs> why is this so significant? Yeah, well, I, I do want to pick your brain about, about your mining conference, but maybe we'll do that next week. Um, because this has sort of reared its ugly head again in the last couple of days. And um, I think a lot of people out there will be wondering what the hell is going on? What is this? And so we're going to clear up a whole bunch of stuff today. And from the way that you asked the question, I know that your knowledge of what's happening here is next to zero. So <laughs> I'm going to help. I'm going to help fill in a lot of gaps for people. So the FT, <laughs> the FTX exchange um, is uh, the FTD or something. <laughs> So the FTX exchange is uh, is one of the well, let's just we, we, we're talking in almost the past tense now. Is one of the biggest crypto exchanges um, in in the marketplace, and it really came from from nowhere. Really, it sort of came out of the depths of the crypto winter that we saw from 2018, 2019, and early twenty twenty. Now, for people that don't know what crypto winter is a crypto winter is a term that we use when the market is in a in, i guess what you traditionally call a bear market so crypto quite often works in cycles where it booms and busts booms and busts booms and busts and each bust does typically tend to be higher than the previous cycles boom 
just to make things a little bit more complicated. So you sort of these rapid cycles, which are rapid in compared to traditional finance. I mean, these cycles, we are now, so I've now lived through, there was one, the first Bitcoin boom and bust, and then there was the altcoin boom and bust. So that's effectively two. That was the first altcoin. But then there was the 2017-18 boom and bust, and then there was the 2021 boom and bust. So this is kind of like my fourth crypto winter. Jeez, I uh, thought trading gold aged you. Clearly trading crypt like just being in crypto ages you. Yeah, I'm actually 17 years old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it does. So you go through these really big cycles that are, uh, are euphoric and then soul crushing in quite short spaces of time. You get used to it after a while. You become a, a seasoned battle war hardened veteran of crypto markets. Anyway, so FTX really sort of was born out of the the depths of the crypto winner out the back of 2017. It rose to prominence just almost immediately <clears throat> with they were offering a whole bunch of different things. Like you could trade, I think at one point they had like um, um effectively they would create a trade uh, and a crypto for like Trump winning or losing and the election so they had all these real alternative kind of markets it was almost like a, a betting a wagering site but with with crypto and then they got expanded they got loads of volume with volume comes you know a, a lot of uh, revenue for them then they did things like tokenized stocks and simulated assets and then obviously cryptocurrencies and they just built and built and built and built they also got injections from investors like binance so binance is the world's largest crypto exchange anyway FTX continued to build and build and build and grow and grow and grow and grow. <clears throat> and like any, you know, fast moving, high revenue generating organization, uh, when money's cheap and free, you get it from VC money, you get it from other institutions and organizations. And so they brought in a lot of debt to continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. And the founder, Sam Bankman Fried, basically became a multi-billionaire overnight. Now people say, well, you know, didn't happen overnight. So, well, in sort of scheme of things, yeah, it did. Um, and so FTX became huge. <clears throat> now, what's happened is that in this week, there was an article that was written and published that suggested that FTX was more or less insolvent. So what they were saying was that the assets that FTX held on their books was the FTT token that they had issued. So as an exchange, they issued their own crypto token as a way of providing utility on their platform, predominantly just to pay for trading fees. Now, what this more or less what was going around was that this FTT token, the token they had created themselves, was being used as the collateral for a lot of the loans and leverage that they were bringing on. So it's a bit like Shay you decided that you were going to... So all those books behind you, Shay, it's, imagine like you just decided that those books were going to be sold into the market and they were going to be worth X amount of dollars. And then all of a sudden, you were just going to borrow against them. So you just decided that we're going to... you know, And then you were going to maybe create some more books. But there might not necessarily be anything in the pages, but you were just going to create more books. And then you were going to borrow against those books to buy more books. And then you would just create some more books you, you know, for yourself to borrow against and buy more books. And then eventually people decided that that wasn't exactly a stable way of running an organization. And one of their investors, Binance, sort of figured out for themselves that this perhaps wasn't something they wanted to stay involved with as an investor. 
And so Binance said that they were going to sell effectively hundreds of millions of dollars worth of the FTT token into the open market. That then scared the crap out of everybody. And they were like, hang on a second. If one of the biggest investors in FTX, and I will add that also Binance actually did a, uh, equity exit from Binance uh, from FTX in 2021. So they Binance had already made billions off of FTX. But the sort of rumors were that Binance and FTX were having a bit of a um, you know off offline <laughs> um, sparring match. And so what Binance did publicly is and and look if if you're Binance and you publicly go out and say we're going to dump all the token in this massive exchange. Um, that's going to send shockwaves through every single corner of the crypto market. It's going to just completely destroy any confidence in FTX and the FTT token. And for Binance to think that that wasn't going to create any other kind of atmosphere like that is, well, they knew exactly what they were doing. At least it would appear they they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, I would be, they would be idiots if they didn't know exactly what they were doing. And so what this kind of did is this, more or less created a liquidity crunch on FTX, the exchange. So they they effectively didn't have enough assets in custody to cover the withdrawals needed. More or less like a bank run would work, but in crypto markets, it's kind of like a liquidity thing, which is effectively the same as a bank run. If everyone wants to withdraw all their assets, then there aren't enough assets for those withdrawals. We got a problem. So... FTX said that, okay, well, we're not in such a bad position. They publicly said, yeah, this is all unfounded rumors. They didn't deny they were in tra trading insolvent, but they kind of said, no, we're fine. Anyway, within like a day of that, they then announced that Binance, they, were, they had more or less come to a sort of loose agreement that Binance was then going to acquire the entire FTX exchange in order to prevent this liquidity crunch from destroying anyone who's got assets on FTX, the exchange. So it kind of come full circle that Binance had helped seed and fund and grow FTX, cashed out for a truckload of, of, of funds when they were flying high last year, then decided to dump the FTX token, which sent FTX back into a downward spiral. And now Binance have kind of come back and decided and are reacquiring the entire exchange. So if you really want to sort of push your, your view out and take a real sort of bird's eye view of what the hell's just happened here is that Binance has basically destroyed their competition in order to acquire them for the cents on the dollar. That's what it appears like, um, which is not great if anybody that had assets on the FTX exchange loses funds. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But if it works out that effectively no one loses funds, FTX gets destroyed and amalgamated into Binance. It is the ultimate chess move you, I've, you'll possibly ever see in anything <laughs> in any market. So this is this is and now. I want to. I want to also just add one thing. I, I don't know if you've got questions yet, Shay, but that's pretty much what's gone on. Maybe fire some questions because I've I've spoken a lot, and it's and it could be a bit confusing. No, actually, I'm really glad. Given and we both know my you know my crypto knowledge boils down to the five hundred of dollars worth of crypto I've got. That's like that's that's where it sits. It was so I, I, I openly admit that I don't know a lot about it. You explained that very well. 
because I was coming up with the analogies in my head of where it fits. So you used all the words that I was going to use. Bank run was one of them. I loathe to bring this topic up because I fight against it so much. But if this happened to a listed stock, the regulators would have stepped in. Now, I often fight, uh, I often push back against excessive regulation. Uh, and one of the great things about the crypto markets and why I'm also an um, advocate for gold is that there is less of, uh, invasive regulation in the sector. However, is this something that had the sector been, if the sector could be regulated in the same way stocks are, could this have been prevented? Um. <laughs> It's, this is this is this is a tricky one, right? Because there's there's good and bad things about the way this has unfolded on both sides. So, had this of let's pretend FTX and Binance were both listed companies, Binance wouldn't have been able to just publish on Twitter or the the, the CEO, the co-founder, the, the co-founder, uh, you know, the head of Binance, basically CZ, uh, said he wouldn't have been able to go on Twitter and say we are dumping all our stock in FTX. That's a that's a material announcement. So that would have had to have been published through the right market channels. Which means I mean it's 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 and only after the fact too if I'm correct. Like they would only be able to downsize their position in parcels and they could yeah. only publicize it after the fact. I, I should I should add that Binance. So so this is this is the thing, right? When they said it, now again, you can actually follow a lot of if 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 you're sort of friends blockchain forensically inclined, you can follow all the movements of what is actually happening. And this is one of the good things about what about blockchain networks, right? Is that you can actually follow all the movements in and out of wallets on FTX and Binance. You can see if they are actually selling tokens or not. So in it, comparing to the traditional market, it's actually incredibly transparent. So if Binance started dumping FT, FTT tokens before they said they were going to start doing it, you'd know because you'd be able to see it. And if they did it and then said we didn't do it, everyone would be able to go and say, actually, no, you did. You're lying to us. So the transparency of, of, of how crypto networks work is actually better than the traditional market because the public can make sure that something is happening or not happening. And so there can't be sort of underhanded backdoor moves when nobody knows anything, which happens in the stock, in the stock market. So in a sense that by Binance saying publicly, we're going to do this. So they were saying that they were going to sell off the FTT token over a number of months because they didn't want to crash the market. But now the market has crashed. I, I, I don't, at this point, I don't know if they're still holding massive bags of the FTT token, but if they are, then they've effectively crashed their own holdings. So again, we've got to sort of take a bit of this with, with a perspective that they are probably still holding and have probably lost a whole bunch of, of value themselves. So there's an element of, you know, if they were listed stocks, a lot of this stuff would probably happen behind closed doors and none of the public would know about it till after the fact. With crypto markets, this is all happening out in the open. Right now, live as you know it. And so the market is reacting to the news immediately rather than having everybody else get the inside track on it and then the general public finding out later on. So there's an element of it of this being so let me let me let me put it this way. 
it's never great to see when a really big organization like this fails, especially if people lose capital or money or crypto or whatever. If anybody ends up in a worse off situation that had crypto on the FTX exchange, that's unacceptable. However, if FTX were trading insolvently, if they were effectively a bad actor in this space, they should be allowed to fail and fail fast. They should effectively be crashed and somebody, if they want to buy them, should come in and buy them. And this is a feature of crypto is that if you have these organizations or exchanges or platforms, whatever, fail, they can fail. They can fail fast. Okay, it it knocks a lot of confidence in the space, but it doesn't kill off everything. What it does is this period of consolidation. So this is a consolidation. It happens in the traditional markets all the time. Yeah, it's big, but it's effectively weeding out the stuff that shouldn't happen. And it's forcing other exchanges to be very open and transparent about what they hold on their balance sheets, what they've borrowed against, what collateral they hold against those loans. So what this is actually going to do is going to end up in the exchange space in the crypto markets being even more transparent being more publicly accountable for what they hold and where they hold it, even more so than the traditional markets. Um, and so I think that's a, that's a good thing. And this isn't the first exchange. This isn't the first massive exchange that's failed. This has happened time and time again. And it does typically happen in a crypto winter at the bottom of a cycle is that you end up with exchanges or platforms or projects that fail, the market consolidates, and it provides the, the springboard and platform for the next cycle. And it, so I'm not surprised. Okay, I'm surprised that FTX is in this position. And again, let me let me say it hasn't failed as such, but it's it it was more or less teetering on the brink, and is now looks like it's being rescued by Binance. But this is not the first time that's happened. I want to make it very clear to everybody that's bothered to listen to us <laughs> up until this point, is that we repeatedly say you should not custody your assets on an exchange. It is one of the most, frankly, stupid things you can do. If you are holding crypto assets long-term and you are holding them on an exchange, that is just frankly wrong. It is too risky and you shouldn't be doing it. And we've said this for years. And I, I've said it for years because I, I was, you know, I have had crypto on exchange back in those early cycles that when the exchange went bankrupt, everything that was on there was gone. So I'll give you the example. When, when Mt. Gox failed in 2014, and I had some Bitcoin in the Mt. Gox exchange, I'll go to log on to the Mt. Gox website and it's a blank screen, just a blank screen. I'm like, okay, this isn't good. You come back a couple of hours later and there's a note saying, oh, there's some issues, more or less saying there's issues, but, you know, everything's okay. A little bit after that, okay, the, the exchange has failed. And we're bankrupt. And then eight years later, I'm getting emails from lawyers in Japan about a remediation claim process to get some of those assets back. Eight years later, we still don't have an, an answer to it. Another exchange that had Cryptsy, MintPal, had crypto on those. They went bankrupt, folded, couldn't access the website. You go to log on, it's a blank screen. There's nothing there. And there's nothing you can do. It's just gone. So don't custody your assets on an exchange. I don't care if it's Binance. I don't care if it's Coinbase. It doesn't matter. These exchanges, none of them are out of reach of failure. 
self-custody your crypto assets. And FTX is a very stark reminder of the importance of that aspect if you're dealing in the crypto markets. I really like this timely warning. There's a couple of things here you said, and I'm really just going to summarize mostly because I think they're really important points to reiterate. First of all, don't leave your assets on the exchange. It's a whole like, don't leave your gold or your cash stored under your mattress. Sounds great in theory. First place robbers are going to go. Um, so it, it is absolutely no different to that. So that's a really important point to reiterate. Um, and sometimes, you know, you need a good old fashioned market crash to remind you that you've got, if it wasn't you this time, then you just got lucky and that's it. Um, I really liked the comparison you made when I brought up stocks of how much more transparent this sector is. And I think what, um, you know, as you said, sentiment is going to be at an all-time low for crypto right now. But the important thing here is people keep forgetting they're witnessing the birth of a birth of a sector. Like we don't still don't know where crypto's final point is going to be. And this is what you're talking about before with the weeding out of organizations. Like this is actually the free market sorting itself out and working out how it operates. Yeah. This is purely free market driven. And because it is unregulated. Um, it is allowed to sort itself out and it is doing it with extreme volatility. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of investors um, will find off-putting is, is because of the volatility. Um, but Can I that, add to your point there as well? Yep. Is, you, you're 100% right. Um, and if this, if this was allowed to happen in the traditional markets, it would probably happen the same way. And that's not that I know it's terrifyingly volatile and scary and, and things like that, but it's not actually the worst thing when you for the entire system. And it's I think that not. I think there can be lessons that are taken from how crypto goes about these sorts of failures or, or mergers and things like that in the traditional markets. I if I didn't have my COVID adult brain on me, I'd be able to talk to you about the free banking that existed during the 1880s and the 1890s in Australia, in, uh, in Victoria in particular. Might have it next week, which is very much an example of this. Some banks went bad. Some of the banks went bad, forced the other banks to rally around and protect their own assets because they didn't want to be part of the banks that went bad. And that's what's going to happen in the crypto sector. So it has happened before. It's happened repeatedly in the past and up until central banks and got involved and tried to integrate the process to a national network, it was self-regulating to an extent. Um, and that's really what crypto is at the moment. And that's also too part of the attraction of it. So yes, it is volatile and yes, there's a crypto winter. But as you said, this is a total side note. This is a bit like skiing and snowboarding. Crypto is clearly the cooler one out of the two when it comes to the stock markets because it's called a crypto winter for you, isn't it? Not, it's just a bear market. Like That's just so much cooler than a bear market. Anyway, slight tangent. Um, but back to the point is that this is the system sorting itself out. And just because it's volatile now and it is crashing, it doesn't mean it's done. Like I, People are too quick, not people, outsiders, people who don't understand the industry are quick, too quick to be like, oh, the experiment's over. It's yeah. absolutely not. I've I've already seen multiple people making comment and passing. Just like, well, wow, watch the exit for the Bitcoin. Just watch them leave. It. This is the end. Like we've been this the amount of times I've heard that every single time there's a there's a failure like this. Companies fail all the time, all the time. In even even in the stock market, listed companies fail all the time, and no one goes, oh, that nah, <laughs> watch them. Eh leave the doors. No one's going to invest anymore in companies. Nah, dead. 
dead. Who wants to buy stocks? Dead. It's the same thing. It's 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 like it, this doesn't. It, it, if you're saying if if you've looked at this fa- failure again, it's, it hasn't failed. But if if you look at this thing going on with FTX and Binance, and you go end of Bitcoin, ah. Uh, I should, I'm, not, I'm so close to swearing on, on camera right now. You're an idiot. That is just not how this is going to work at all. And I don't care who you are, how respected you are in your industry. If that's your outcome, Bitcoin's dead because FTX failed. Just don't even, just don't even talk about it because you clearly know nothing. I'd like to point something out here, um, different, separate to crypto. And this is back again to the free markets that work in, in the crypto market. Uh, there are circuit breakers on stock markets that are deployed after a certain amount of the, the index drops for the day. And they're mostly in yeah, the Yeah, there US. shouldn't be. I, I don't agree with that, by the way. But the, and, this is, and this is intervention. And they're, they're triggered on certain points. I wish I could remember off the top of my head. Nobody's complaining about those. But, yeah. and that does it, but otherwise, if those circuit breakers weren't there, we would be looking at extraordinary plunges in the in the major in a major economy like the US. This is no different to that. The difference is that uh, through regulation they have put these circuit breakers in place to basically calm people's nerves. The difference is those circuit breakers aren't in place in the crypto market. Yeah, but if people if people were if pe- if those breakers never existed, then people's nerves wouldn't be so afraid because they'd be used to it. But, also, but because, we'd have genuine those, price because those those things are put in place through overreach. And the idea that we have to control everything because we know best, uh, it, it it leads people to a false sense of security. If you take away those breakers, then then those sorts of things don't become an issue because they become just what happens in markets. And so, what we're definitely seeing now is we're seeing what happens in a free market. And some people might not like that. They might be like, "Oh, well, I want the you know cozy comfort wrapped in bubble wrap blanket of a, of the stock market and regulation." It's like that's fine. I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. If that's if that's your jam and that's all you want, you don't want any of this. That's fine, and vice versa. You know, th- so there's you know you don't. It's not an all in or, or all or nothing situation. You can you can sort of exist across both, but don't come in and like I don't want people coming in and just going, oh, we have to have what's in the stock market over here because this is better because this must be better because this is what we've always known. So actually, no, maybe this is better because it's a free market and this is how free markets are supposed to operate. Yeah, hello. Yeah, gets me a bit riled up. Oh, well, I can see. And at 25 minutes and 27 seconds, Sam, I think our time is going to need to draw to a close. Uh, tell me, if there is any one closing comment you have, yeah. what is it? Just don't custody your assets on an exchange. Okay, this won't be the last exchange that fails. If you're holding crypto assets, digital assets, self-custody your assets. Simple. All right. Well, Sam, we're going to have to leave today's conversation there. I have to say it was incredibly informative for me, given that I had absolutely no idea what was going on at the start of today's podcast. But now I absolutely do know that this is just very typical behavior in a crypto winter. And it doesn't mean that you should run for the exits in crypto. If anything, you should take adequate precautions and make sure you keep your cryptocurrency. Keep learning. Keep learning. In cold storage, is that the word we use? Cold storage? No, uh, Am I- it's sort of. It's self custody is the best way to describe it. Thanks. Okay, I'm desperately trying to do this close here, but clearly COVID says no, not today. Sam, I'm going to wrap it up there rather than waffle on any longer. Uh, as usual, this has been a fantastic chat, and to everybody watching, thanks for watching, and bye for now. <laughs>